You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 101. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting T.R. Reagan, who has sold over 3 million books and is a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling mystery and thriller author. I've been a big fan of T.R. Reagan's books for uh, several years now, so I was very excited that she agreed to come on to the uh, podcast to be interviewed. Her latest uh, book is Don't Make a Sound, which was uh, published on June 1st, and it's already uh, top of the Amazon charts, uh, already a bestseller. It's the first book in a new series, so I was excited to talk to her about that, about uh, starting a new series, and also about her other books, another series that she has out. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to her, and she has been uh, published since 2011, and so we talk about all the changes that, has, that have occurred in the uh, publishing world since then, and about uh, writing about serial killers and a whole bunch more. So stay tuned for my interview with Tia. Reagan. A quick reminder to please uh, rate and review this uh, podcast wherever it is that you're listening to. Helps me get the word out. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or an Apple podcast or Google podcast or Stitcher, wherever it is that you're listening to this, if you uh, leave a review or a rating on this, uh, it'll help me get the word out. It'll juice up those uh, algorithms so people can find this podcast. I would appreciate it. Check out my website at thrillerauthors.com for more information about this uh, podcast and to uh, check out the other interviews that I have out there if you haven't yet subscribed and here comes my interview with tr reagan coming up right now hey everybody this is alan with meet the thriller author and i'm excited to be talking with uh, tr reagan here for the on skype for this uh, episode how are you doing Teresa? i'm doing good thanks for having me alan oh thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast uh, so your latest book don't make a sound that's a it's the new it's a new series right so your books so series yeah brand new series so don't make a sound is the first book in a three book series Oh, so that's exciting. And it's already doing so well. It came out yesterday, uh, June 1st. We were, we were yeah. talking June mm-hmm. 2nd. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us uh, how, how did it all come together? How did you get the idea for that series and, and to start and, and to what prompted you to start writing a new series? Yeah, usually when I'm end finishing a writing an old series, like Jesse Cole was my last one. And as I got towards the end, I usually almost always have another idea, the next idea. And so it starts percolating. It's really fun. So I, I always know what I'm going to write next. Like right now, I'm I, even though you, the first book just came out, I just turned in the third book. So I'm already know what I'm going to write next <laughs> after this. So I'm always way ahead. This this particular one, I I don't know where I read the story. It was a true life story, and I believe it was three or four sisters. And they had all been abused in their home, but none of, none of the sisters knew the other sister had been abused. And that, I have four sisters. And it's funny, when you talk to us, it's like we all grew up at a, in a different household because we all have, you know, see things differently. And so I thought, oh, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to write about three sisters who have these horrible, disturbing pasts, but none of them know really what the other one went through until the end of the book. Oh, that's good. That was the first premise that you got that uh, these uh, got, got the idea uh, going for the series. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it was. I was mostly excited about writing about the series and them each, you get to follow each sister and they all feel differently about their past and they all deal with it differently. And it's just really kind of interesting but so I don't, do you want me to tell you a little gist of what the whole thing is about? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it's kind of has two storylines. The first book it's, it's the three sisters with their disturbing past. 
and um, their grandmother dies. And Sawyer Brooks is the youngest, and she's a crime reporter in Sacramento. She's the only one that returns back to their hometown of River Rock because the other sisters won't have anything to do with it. But she was very close to her grandma. Young girl is murdered, and so she stays to investigate. And the horrible part is that you know, she, her past is horrible, but it's nothing compared to what she unburies while she's there. And meanwhile, back in Sacramento, there's a um, five women who have all been sexually abused and they're on the dark web and they team up to seek revenge on the men who harmed them. And um, so the two storylines kind of connect through by the time we get to the end. Ooh, I love those vigilante th- thrillers. Those are uh, those are f- always fun to read. Watch people get their uh, comeuppance. <laughs> I do. I love revenge stories, revenge movies. You know, you either love it or you hate it. I love them. <laughs> yeah, and then so this you so you started uh, publishing. I was reading in your bio you you you've, you began publishing in 2011. Did you always before you started publishing? Were you always dreaming about writing your own stories? You know, I'll I'll, I'll try to because my story it was such a long journey, but. See, I always loved writing and reading, but it wasn't until I was pregnant with my fourth child and I was on leave of absence from work as a legal secretary. And my sister, I was bored and tired of, I think it was Young and the Restless, you know, what else? (laughs) Eric Braden. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then um, my sister handed me a romance novel. It was Jude Devereaux's A Knight in Shining Armor. And it just took me away, the escapism, everything. That was the first time I ever thought about writing a novel. I, I, was, I started that day, took me five years to write my first book. And, and even from the start, I was writing about strong women because I took a strong modern woman and brought her back to medieval times. And so that was, that was fun. But it took me five years, and I, but I signed with an agent right away Um, five years later, and I thought, wow, this is easier than I thought. This is going to happen for me. I didn't have internet at the time. So we're at 1997 around that time. And But I'd go to the library. I'd read about all the books, about rejections. And sure enough, nothing. We almost sold that book, but we didn't. And the rejections started pouring in. (laughs) And the first one, I think I celebrated. But after that, you know, I'd cry a little bit each rejection. And I joined Romance Writers of America, and I remember just running from workshop to workshop to learn, you know, everything I need to learn about dialogue and point of view and and pacing and all that. And I was definitely passionate because I couldn't stop. And and I think it was 2000, maybe seven. Really, I really got frustrated. I had finaled six times in. Romance Writers of America, they have a contest called the Golden Heart Contest for Unpublished Writers. And I kept finaling in that. So it kind of, you know, gave me the motivation, told me, okay, you're almost there. Just keep going. And my sister would edit all my books and told me, you know, and I, I'd written, I think, seven books by then. But I was frustrated and I couldn't get my foot in the door. My husband... 2009, he said, you should self-publish. He saw that it was big things were happening. I thought, no, it felt like it was cheating back then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought, no, I want to do this the hard way, the right way. By then I had signed with a second agent. I had written in every genre you could imagine, romantic suspense, contemporary romance. I left time travels a long time ago. 2011, so I had another agent 
and I started writing my first thriller and it was therapeutic because I was killing off characters for the first time and it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they didn't spit out really great dialogue, I killed them off. And, um, and that was after reading about Lisa Gardner, who I love. I love all her books. She writes thrillers, but she had transitioned from writing romance to thrillers. And so I went to her website. She has all these resources. I read all the books about what I needed to do. And I just immersed myself. And at first it was kind of freaky. I don't know about you with your serial killer, but I started, I would go in the kitchen and see a knife, a butcher knife in a whole new way. (laughs) (laughs) And it was kind of scary. And I, and so it freaked me out a little bit. I wasn't sleeping well at first. So I went back and wrote another romance. And anyways, the long story short, I came back to it and I loved it. And then I started seeing it wasn't about the serial killer. It was about Uh, my protagonist, my victim, not being a victim, about being a survivor and and moving on and becoming stronger. And when I realized that, it it was awesome. And then I let go of my agent. I said, I'm going to self-publish because by then I had self-published a couple of my romance novels and they were doing great. And I thought, wow, readers like my stuff. And when I put um, my first thriller on Amazon. I did it all by myself. They didn't have formatters back there. Back then I had to learn HTML and all the, some of the coding. I learned enough to get my book on there. I found someone to make me a cover and I I don't, I think it took me six months. I sold 300,000 books and publishers that had rejected me started contacting me. And, and I went with Amazon because they hadn't rejected me yet. And because I thought they think outside of the box, it was Thomas and Mercer's, you know, mystery thriller imprint. And so I went with them. I thought, oh, if they can sell more than I've already sold, great. And and the rest, um, I just turned in my 16th thriller with them. So it's been quite a crazy ride. Oh, I didn't realize you'd been with Thomas and Mercy, Mercer for so long. So you must have been one of the first, uh, kind of like one of their first uh, thriller authors in their yes. house. I think I was one of their their first five or some in there somewhere. Oh, that's somewhere a, in the first. That's awesome. Yeah, I hear so much good things about them. Even from like I interviewed Dean Koontz, and he's now with Thomas and Mercer, and he's been with everybody. And <laughs> he was like very impressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read I read some of his story. That was really interesting. I love it, and he's so happy he he d- decided to change it up. Yeah. Try something new. So what's uh, so for you when you're when you start to writing your books? I mean, what's like a writing day for you? I know my it's kind of hard. I don't know if it changes all the time. Or do you have like a or do you have specific things that you do when you start writing a book? I don't outline much. I usually in my head know beginning, middle, end. Basically, I usually know the end, beginning, and end for sure. A little bit of middle. So I'm a panster. I just start writing, and you know that's the great thing. If you, that's why I don't get a lot of writer's block. I'm not a fast writer. People will laugh at that because I do write a thousand words a day first, no matter what. I do write seven days a week, especially um, right now with the pandemic and everything. It kind of my creativity was kind of messed up. I write a thousand words a day. I have there. I had one day back in time where I wrote 10,000 words in a day, but usually it's a thousand words a day, hopefully 2000. I just chug along. I've tried to write faster. I've tried to just whip through my the first draft, but I have a really hard time doing that. I do one chapter at a time. 
the next morning and I'll read through it. And I'll do try to sketch out the second chapter and then I'll, I'll let that go the next morning. So, so that's what I do. And I write eight, at least eight hours a day. Do you usually uh, have like the same spot that you go to or do you mix it up a little bit? <laughs> Every once in a while when I, when I'm just really stuck, cause I always, I don't know about you, but for writing for me, a lot of it's just staring out the window, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just thinking and um, reading and doing the research. Yes, every once in a while, I, I can't move forward. So I'll just go to a scene that I'm excited to write about, whether it's a car chase or, you know, maybe one of the vigilantes is going after someone. So I'll skip ahead. And then but I do have to go back, but it kind of gets the juices going. So I would suggest that if anyone gets stopped. What what, the, what do you use to write your uh, your books? Do you use like a word or like a, uh, another software like Scrivener? Or? I just use Word. I, I tried Scribner. I tried a few other um, things that just the learning curve was too much for me. <laughs> I just, so I just stick to what I know. I just use Word and I just keep on going. I keep any. So if I sketch out a note that I end up not using, maybe a scene idea, it just keeps going to the bottom, you know, and then if when once I have too many pages of notes, I will transfer that to a new um, document called notes for for whatever that book is called. And then I can refer to it um, if I need to. But sometimes I will also write chapter one through 10 to start with and put little ideas, just a sentence or two about what I want to go there. And, you know, it's going to change most times, but it helps me if I can end my day with a sentence about where I'm going to start the next day, that's the most helpful for me. And do you, do, do you put in a lot of research before you start to write the books or do you do research as you're writing them? I do the research while I'm writing them. And, some, and I think that is what slows me down a lot. You know, when I say I'm slow, it's usually that kind of thing. Cause, and I love research. So I do kind of, you know, it might be procrastination slash <laughs> research, but I love it. And I get kind of carried away. But let's say like this um, crime reporter, she, I, I mostly do PIs usually. And so she was a crime report, reporter slash journalist. So I get um, all the books I can find, like um, Journalism for Dummies. <laughs> and, and I use those for the basic and I skim through it. You know, it gives you kind of a little bit about what those people do and the jargon and what, you know, how they talk. But then there's so much online now where you can watch videos of a person that, you know, is a journalist and they'll walk you through their day, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. I just uh, from my from the book that I was writing, I just watched a video of a of a mortician on YouTube showing how the, how she places the bodies. <laughs> it's, so exactly. it's like I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> right, you get to see the table they use and all the stuff they do. It, it's pretty amazing. You really don't have to go visit the morgue these days, you know. Yeah, especially nowadays that we're all and yeah and sheltering in place <laughs> exactly you started writing in romance and other in other genres were you a fan of of thrillers before you actually started to write these i know you said lisa gardner kind of got you yeah going. i was huge on her but i yes i was and i don't know why looking back i i'm like why didn't i ever try writing thrillers i always read stephen king but i guess he's more horror but i think of him kind of horror thriller ish mm -hmm. i've always loved him I love John Grisham, The Firm, and 
Pelican Brief and all those, Harlan Coben, Michael Connolly. I loved all those books. And so I don't know why I hadn't tried it. But yeah, so I was a big thriller reader before I started writing. And do you still have time to read? Or are you too busy now with uh, writing? <laughs> I read every day. Okay. I love it. I Instead of watching TV, you get the only TV I'm watching right now is Masterclass. I love, I've just finished Neil Gaiman and um, Joyce Carol Oates. And it's so fun. Dan Brown, I'm, I'm watching now. So, but then I go to bed and I read for an, at least an hour, usually longer before I go to bed. Yeah, I love that masterclass too. I just the Dan Brown one was, has been my favorite one. David Baldacci's is pretty good too. Yeah, he's awesome too. I'm in the middle of his too. Really good. All right, this is a perfect segue to tell you about Masterclass. I really have been enjoying those courses, and particularly the ones from uh, David Baldacci, Dan Brown, and James Patterson. You can check those out at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass, and that is an affiliate link, so it's a great way to support this podcast. Okay, back to the interview. Yeah, you actually, on your website, I was seeing you actually have a lot of information for, for writers, so that's that's awesome that you're uh, offering a lot of tips and advice for the, for writers on there. When I first went, um, when I first self-published, so that was 2011, I was picked up 2012, I was still had my um, romance books I was dealing with. But yeah, you know what, I, at that time, that's for at least a year, year and a half, all I did was, um, in fact, I didn't even write, I think, for a year, because I was telling everyone, listen, you don't need to suffer like I did. You can, here's the steps you need to take. You know, I still believe in, of course, doing your best, editing, having a great cover. You can't just throw anything out there. You can, but it's not going to sell. But when you've done everything you can and your book is as best it can be, then then here's the steps to get it out there. And I told people what I was making. I was talking money. I was all of it. And, um, and it was fun. And then once I had to get really back into the deadlines and all of that i just put it all up there for people so yeah so yes if people uh they go to trreagan.com they can see all that information in there so pretty cool yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and i love your covers too do you now that you're uh, uh with the thomas and mercer do you get any input on your covers because they are great. They That is a, one of the reasons I went with them. And after all this time, so let's see, I've been with them, what, like eight years. Yep, I still get to give feedback. In fact, we start out where I write everything I would like on the cover. And that's what the designer goes off of. And then I get like three, at least three different covers to start off. And then we work on that. And then, yeah, it's just really fun. And I get a lot of input. So we're oh, talk- no, I'm oh, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, and their editors are great. We work like I just turned in a book. I'll be working with a developmental editor for for 30 days. We go back and forth, and then after that, you get a you work with a copy editor and then a proofer. It's amazing. So it's really six to eight weeks of editing. Do you like that process? I like it. I do. I've worked with, I think I'm on my third um, developmental editor. I do like it because first of all, I don't have to take all their feedback, but I read every single thing and I can, and whatever works for me, we talk it out. Sometimes we work together. Yeah, I really, I like it. I think at first I wasn't too sure, but I really think it makes for a better book. So 
Yeah, and the development editors, those are the ones who kind of give you like the big, big picture from above, right? Like the, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. like they might say, okay, you only have one scene with the therapist. You might want, you know, we, they, you know, and I'm not too big into rules. I like knowing the rules, but I don't mind breaking them. She might say, well, you should have at least one more, which is true because you wouldn't want to just throw in one point of view from one therapist and then never see them again things like that so yeah big picture items is what she will do yeah i think it's important too if even uh, for listeners who are aspiring writers or thinking about self-publishing that you still need to uh, that's one other thing that you need to find a good at least a good copy editor and proofreader <laughs> oh absolutely i think that's so important and yeah if you want to do well and you're serious about it then you need to do that you're working on the third one now so you uh, what's next uh, for uh, sawyer brooks so sawyer brooks for the second book that comes out in november that one i've been done with for a little bit now that she and the crew so if you've read those five um, vigilante women that i talked about mm-hmm. They're weaved throughout all three books and Sawyer Brooks keeps kind of moving up at work and she, she likes solving crime. She realizes more than writing about it. (laughs) So, and you know, the, the police aren't always, police detectives aren't always excited that she's um, always there getting in their way, that kind of thing. But she loves solving cases. She has a knack for investigative work and um, she'll be, getting involved with a little girl goes missing and she, she starts, you know, talking to people, going places and she finds out, you know, it's connected to something much deeper and darker. <laughs> yeah. So I think we talked a little bit offline that, that your books are, um, are pretty, uh, I mean, I love them cause I love the serial thr- killers and thriller and, and dark thrillers, but, uh, but that, uh, for some people, it, it, it it might be a little uh, a little too jarring if they're not if they don't know what they're getting into. Is that uh, how does that work for you to to write in that? And is that something you think you worry about or you think about? Well, at first I didn't because when I wrote Abducted was my first thriller, and that was the beauty of Abducted. I think because I didn't think I did think about my reader, but I always think of me as the reader. Mm-hmm. So I, I did go pretty dark, but I, it just was awesome to me. And like I told you earlier, it was about her being a survivor, her over overcoming being held captive by a horrible person and her taking charge and being able to move on with her life without looking over her shoulder every minute. So I started out there with the serial killers And then um, I really wanted to write about an everyday mom and school teacher and her two kids are taken, her husband was killed and she finds out the deep dark world of sex trafficking. Now talk about triggers, that was trigger for me. Here I wrote three books, that's Furious, that was the Faith McMahon series and I'll never write about it again, it was it made me appreciate serial killers. <laughs> it's horrible, but you know, the sex trafficking, it's right there here in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. It's a horrible thing. I did a lot of research. I watched a lot of documentaries and, and it's just so horribly sad. It, it's, and with a serial killer, I felt like, you know, I can take care of him. But with the sex trafficking, it felt like it's just never ending. So once I did that series, which I love, I love my series because I love taking your average everyday mom 
and who's, you know, she doesn't have the special skills, but she goes out there and she's going to kick butt and her family, her everyday family, mom and dad are going to help. I, I love those kind of stories. And that's what happens with Faith McMahon. So then I went back to serial killers. I couldn't wait to get back to serial killers. You need a break. <laughs> exactly. And that was with the Jesse Cole series, which I really had fun with that one. But then with this one, everyone thinks I didn't really realize it was so much about sexual abuse. And maybe the Me Too movement was in the back of my head. And now that it's written and now I'm like, wow, I didn't really even realize. I know that sounds crazy, but I concentrate so much on the survivor part and being strong women and that kind of thing that and now I'm seeing that readers are being triggered and because that's a big thing too. Mm -hmm. And so, so good question you had was, do I think about that? I think I will the next book a little bit. I don't know. It is fiction and I, I think it's entertainment and that's going to be first and foremost is entertaining people and keeping it fast paced. That's what I like to do. So. Yeah. So I've, I've heard, I've seen some of the other writers are putting trigger warnings on the on their Amazon pages and things like that. So I haven't seen that. Yeah. I need to look. I probably should do that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if that's the kind of like a, I don't know, that kind of like a movie rating, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, I guess so. And so I think it's so cool, too, from your books are different from other books in the genre. Is like you said before, is that you don't use like the FBI profiler. They're all like the PIs and reporters and moms. Yes, exactly. I like that everyday woman that just like my next one will be a PI uh, back to a PI. I just love writing about him in California. You do need a license. So I can either show how she goes about getting a license or I can skip for it. And she already has her license. But yeah, anyone, you know, it's almost like being almost like being a realtor where, you know, you get your license and you hang your sign and there you go. And it can be anyone, like you said. I love reading about the FBI profilers and all that. But yeah, I like the everyday person. I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of uh, aspiring writers that listen to this podcast. Any advice for them uh, uh, as they're listening to this? Yeah, I, if they're really serious, I do think, I truly think they should write every day. Yes, I don't take enough days off. Uh, um, but even if they could write, you know, a page, a page a day. Um, because then you just get the flow going. I think stopping the flow, at least for me, is is not good. And then I keep on reading, read a lot. And and I just like to say, too, for people that, well, right now everyone's home with kids. A lot of people are. But if you are home with kids, I wrote um, late at night or early in the morning. You know, when you're determined, it's weird how you can find a way. I remember figuring, I remember being so like, oh, I can give up Oprah and that would be an hour of time. And that's literally what I did. I mean, so, so do that. Make sure you write. Read every day if you can. I think that's super important. Give up TV. And then I also believe in believing in yourself because I don't know about your, your listeners, but I was told by so many people, why are you going to know? But it's so hard to be a fiction writer. Why would you pick something like that? You'll never, you know, make any money or, and it, you know, that's not the point. I want to write a really good book. But I say, don't give up. Don't give up and believe in yourself. You have to, because if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? 
No. Yeah, and it's a good thing that you didn't listen because uh, I, you've you've sold over three million books so far. <laughs> yes, and how crazy is that? I can't even I can't even believe it. It's crazy. That <laughs> uh, is fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And readers, they can uh, you're on trreagan.com. They can probably find you your social media links there. And absolutely, and on all the social media, I'm there. All right, great. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Uh, it was a real a lot of fun talking with you. So much fun, Alan. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.